5: listen to the radio, it's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler.
6: Staple self-destruct in five seconds.
0: Hello, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving week. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, Chester A. Riley and family are having Thanksgiving dinner at their neighbor's house on The Life of Riley from 1947. Then it's lonely without the kids at Thanksgiving time on Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young from 1950 we with me to help present these radio classics is my co host Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? What is up, Carl? And of course, our uh, engineer extraordinaire, Mike Gestela. Hello, guys. Hey, Mike. All right. So, we're listening to fun Thanksgiving shows this week. And uh, what time did you want me over to your house for Thanksgiving dinner, Lisa? Yeah, I'm going to send you that invitation. Yeah. It's in the mail. Well, after your house, then I'm going to go over to Mike's house. Well, I'll come to my house first so you can help me with the cooking and I'll stuff. I'll come over. That'd to be great. And then don't rush. You, you know, just take. Take your time. You trust me in the kitchen well, with sharp knives? I <laughs> why <wouldn't>. not? Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope everyone out there has a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we're trying to do our part by playing some of these fun Thanksgiving shows from uh, Radio's Golden Age. And it's time now for The Life of Riley, November 29, 1947. It's called Thanksgiving with the Gillises. Here's William Bendix as Chester Riley in Part 1 of The Life of Riley.
2: Well, the shampoo that removes unsightly dandruff in as little as three minutes and leaves hair radiantly clean, radiantly lovely, presents The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Well, Thursday was Thanksgiving, as that fresh cranberry stain on your vest will indicate. And today we find Chester A. Riley thankful that it's all over. But a few days before Thanksgiving, Riley was singing a different tune as he was walking home from work with his friend, neighbor, and co-worker, Jim Gillis.
7: Hey, wait, Gillis. Let's go down this street here. I gotta pick up our Thanksgiving turkey at Al's Meat Market. Oh,
5: I'm glad you reminded me. My honeybee told me to pick ours up. Ah, great guy, Al.
7: You know, in our house, all four of us like the drumstick, and nobody likes the, uh... Uh, the whatchamacallit. So, this year, Al promised to give me a turkey with four drumsticks. <laughs> How is that possible? One turkey with four drumsticks? Yeah, well, with Al, it's easy. Some other customer will get a turkey with no drumsticks and two whatchamacallit.
8: <laughs> <laughs> you know,
7: I
5: love Thanksgiving, Gillis. Yeah, me too.
7: It's nice to stay home and
5: bask on the bosom of the
7: family. Yeah, we're pretty lucky compared to other guys We got something to be thankful for After all, we've got our health
5: Yeah, that's something to be thankful for
7: We each got fine kids who were married to two fine, plain, home-loving girls Yeah, that's something to be thankful for You know, Gillis, we might have married a couple of flashy dames just for their looks You know the type, those luscious blondes with those gorgeous figures But we didn't That's something to be thankful for (laughs) And that ain't all I'm thankful for the good friends I got. Like you, Gillis. A guy couldn't ask for no better friend than you. You're... You're wonderful. I love you too, Riley. I feel like we're more than just friends. We're brothers. Oh, we're more than brothers. We're sisters. (laughs) Under the skin... I'll never forget what you did that time our house burned down and we had no place to live. Ah, what did I do? So I let your family live
5: in my house for a couple of weeks. Any noble-type person would have did the
7: same. Yeah, but you only charged us $4 a day, the ceiling price.
5: (laughs) Well, one good thing to say is another. I was just paying you back for that time five years ago when I needed that blood transfusion to save my life. I'll never forget how you offered
7: your blood. Oh, it was nothing. I just called up the blood bank and told them to give you a pint out of the quart I gave them. <laughs> I, I know, Riley, but it ain't your blood. It's the thought behind it. Gildas, I got a great idea. Why don't you and the family have Thanksgiving dinner at our house? We'll all give thanks together. Hey, that's a super pipe idea. Mm. I'll bring over our turkey and all the trimmings. Great. Oh, boy, what a Thanksgiving we'll have two turkeys, two dishes of cranberry sauce, two boats of gravy, two pumpkin pies. Two big cigars to smoke after dinner, and two wives to do the dirty dishes.
4: Chester Riley, how could you go and invite the Gillises for Thanksgiving dinner without telling me? I'd like to feed my guests, and we've only got one small turkey. Relax, never...
7: Peg. Relax. I also invited their turkey.
4: Oh. <laughs> oh no. No, it, it's not right to let guests bring food. Now, but we'll now buy... Well, a... it's
7: real holiday spirit. When we sit down to eat, it won't be their food or our food. It'll be all for one and everybody for himself. We'll <laughs> have fun.
4: Well, oh, I don't mind Mr. Gillis, but Mrs. Gillis is an awful pill. Now, see
7: here, Babs, you're talking about my best friend's wife. Honey Bee Gillis is not a pill. Mm, Bob's right. She's long and skinny. She's more like a capsule. Junior. You watch that fresh talk, Junior. You ain't getting so big that I can't get your mother to spank you. Uh, I'm sorry, Pop. But that Egbert Gillis is murder. And when he sits down at the table, he eats like a wolf. I said stop it. Just remember, that wolf happens to be the cub of my best friend. Now, it's all settled. The Gillises are coming to dinner. My head's made up. Hey, hurry up, Riley. We'll be late for work. So anyway, Gillis, when I told Peg and the kids that you and the family is coming over for Thanksgiving dinner, they was thrilled. You know what they said? How should I know what they said?
5: I ain't the kind of a next-door neighbor goes around. Eva's was
7: Well, they said, Riley, that's a wonderful idea.
5: Oh, fine. And tell Junior not to worry. I'll see that my egg boy don't eat like a wolf.
8: <laughs>
5: Gillis, you heard. Well... Ever since that cut-rate dentist filled my tooth with copper, my ears pick up like a radio.
7: <laughs> now, come on. If we're late once more this month, the boss will blow his top. Oh, quit worrying. Mr. Stevenson went out of town for Thanksgiving. No, no, he's
5: staying here. Only his family
7: went away. The chauffeur told me. Oh, well, then we better snap it up. Hi, fellas. Hi, Sharky. Hi. Heard the news? Botkin quit his job. You mean... You mean the foreman Benzedrine Botkin? Yeah.
5: <laughs> No kidding.
7: Who's going to be the new foreman? Nobody knows yet. Stevenson is going to announce somebody after Thanksgiving. Oh, that's a great job. I wonder who's going to get it. Yeah, I wonder.
5: Every guy in the plant is angling for it. All sorts of schemes going on. Well, I got to go, fellas.
7: Hey, Sharky, what's that you got wrapped in that
5: newspaper? Oh, this? Yeah. Just some petunias I picked for the boss's desk.
7: Ain't that disgusting, Riley What some guys won't do Just to butter up the bush Positively (laughs) sickening Now, me, I don't mind Putting in eight hours Of hard work for Stevenson And I'll gladly work overtime For time and a half (laughs) But when it comes to Playing up to him I draw the line That's when I revolt I'm with you, pal I revolt, too Yes, sir We're both revolting
6: Stevenson speaking.
5: Hello, boss. This is Gillis. I just heard you're going to be a bachelor on Thanksgiving. Me and the family would love to have you break bread on us.
6: Well, say, that's awfully nice of you, Gillis. I think I can... uh, Hold on a minute, will you? My other phone's ringing.
7: Hello? Hello, boss. This is Riley. What are you doing for dinner on Thanksgiving?
4: invited Mr. Stevens? Well, didn't? sure,
7: he'll let me know definite tomorrow, but he'll come. Yes, sir, I'm out to get that foreman's job, Dumpling, and this will cinch it.
4: Oh, how?
7: While you're stuffing his stomach with turkey, I'll be stuffing his head about how good I am.
4: Oh, but you can't do that, especially with the Gillises here. Oh,
7: the Gillises won't be here. I'll uninvite them. <laughs>
4: well, you couldn't do that. It, it isn't fair.
7: Yeah, I, I know it's kind of a double cross, but this may be the break of my lifetime. And after all, I'm not double-crossing just anybody. I'm doing it to my best friend.
5: <laughs> but, honeybee, don't you get it? I invite the big boss here to dinner, I get in good with him, and the next day I'm foreman. But you promised to go to the bride. Oh, I'll get out of that pooch face. This is a crucial thing. Now leave everything to me, vision of loveliness. <laughs>
7: Hey, Riley! Oh, hiya, Gillis. I was just coming over to see you, pal. I was just coming over to see you, Riley, my friend. Uh, Listen, chum, about this joint Thanksgiving dinner over at my joint, I was thinking... That's funny, Riley. So was I. Yeah, I I thought maybe we ought to call it off. Oh, you was? Yeah. You you see, Gillis, I figured the best way to keep a friendship going is not to get too friendly. Well, you got a good point there in your head. In fact, it's very dangerous to get together Thanksgiving. I can see just what's going to happen. You'll come over with your wife and eggbert and your turkey. And there's me and my wife and kids and our turkey. It's very crowded. Where am I sitting? On the piano stool. Very uncomfortable. And everybody's nerves is on edge. First thing you know, my junior says to your eggbert, Hey, egghead, don't eat like a wolf. Yeah, and then
5: my Egbert takes a poke at your junior and gives him a bloody nose. Right.
7: And then my wife comes in, takes one look at Junior and yells, Junior, wipe that cranberry sauce off your face. But then she finds out what happened, so she turns on my honeybee. That's right. And Peg says, really, honeybee, you might teach that brat of yours some manners. And then naturally your honeybee turns on my peg. Well, naturally. And she tells your wife off, but good. And then I got to stick out for peg, so I say, pipe down, honeybee. You're nothing but a pill. And that gets you sore, Gillis. Why? That's what I always say. Oh, oh.
8: <laughs>
5: Yeah, yeah, I'm fine enough So I say, see here, Riley I'm the only one can insult my wife And then I pick up a you leg and throw it at you And I throw a it at you
8: <laughs> Right in the eye, I
5: get it So I say to you, listen, you big baboon
7: Who's a big baboon, Gillis, I say You are, you weasel, I say Well, if that's the way you feel, beat it Go on, take your wife and your kid and your turkey and your stuff and... Okay, I'm gone.
5: You know, if that's the way it's going to be, Riley, we better call this dinner off.
8: Yeah,
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I agree with you. Well, so long, pal. So long, chum. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we need some more rivets, Gillis. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, quitting time, Riley. Yeah, okay. You know, I sure am glad we called off our Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah,
5: much better. We should each have a quiet dinner with no headaches, except our wives.
7: Yeah, yes. yeah, you're right. Hey, I, I, I... Riley! Riley! Mr. Stevenson, what's
6: he doing in the shop? Riley, I want to thank you again for your invitation for Thanksgiving dinner.
5: Uh, uh, uh <laughs> why... you double-crossing snake.
6: And Gillis, I want to thank you for your invitation,
7: <laughs> uh, Gillis, why, you're a bigger snake than I am. Well, what's the trouble, boys? So, that's why you wanted to get out of our joint dinner. Well, what about you?
6: Now, wait a minute, boys. Were you planning to have Thanksgiving dinner together?
7: Well, yes, only I... uh, he... uh, we... uh... Well,
6: fine. That solves everything. I can accept both of your invitations at the same time. So go right ahead with your original plans and count me in. See you tomorrow at three.
7: (laughs) What a revolting development this is.
4: Your boss was coming here for dinner
5: No saccharine lips
4: <laughs> That's
5: all changed now We're all gonna eat at Riley's
4: Oh, but Egbert's been invited to Artie Meyer's house
5: Good, maybe it's better my boss don't see our Egbert Things are tough enough
4: <laughs> Well, all right, we'll go Even if it is Riley's house You can still drop a few hints about the foreman's job
5: Oh, no, that's out Riley and me made an honorable deal And Hinton wouldn't be croquette
4: <laughs> I guess you're right. It's not the honest thing to do.
5: But I got a better plan. We're bringing a takey, and Riley's got a takey. But what do we need two takeies for? Why, yes, one will be enough for seven people, especially the portions Riley serves. So I'll sell our gobbler and buy the boss a box of his favorite cigars. That'll put us in solid.
8: Oh, Jimsy, you're so clever. <laughs> <laughs>
7: But, Dumplin, it's so simple. Gillis is bringing a turkey, and we got a turkey. What do we need two turkeys for?
4: Well, yes, it is a lot, and today with the food shortage...
7: Sure, so I'll sell our turkey and buy the boss a cigar lighter. It's patriotic to save food, and the boss will love me for that lighter. Well, no uh, wait, Riley. I... <laughs> Poor Gillis. I bet he'd love to borrow my brain. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I, I don't like it, Riley. It's underhanded, and it... Well, it's
9: just not fair.
7: I know, Peg, but you don't understand. This is business. And the business world, it's its like a jungle. Beast against beast. That's the only way to get ahead. So don't you worry. When I'm foreman, you'll give thanks that you're married to a beast like me. <laughs> Oh, okay. oh, it looks beautiful, Babs Hey, where's the carving knife? Oh, here it is, Pop I wonder if it's sharp enough uh, Junior, bend your head down
4: Riley! <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake Well,
7: don't get excited I just want one hair
4: uh, Now, who left the door open like that? will shut it, Babs No,
7: no, no, no Leave it open Why, Daddy? Well, Gillis' hands will be so full carrying his turkey He won't be able to ring the bell
4: Oh, don't be silly Shut it, Babs
7: Say I almost forgot. The champagne. Where's the champagne?
4: Oh, he, here, Daddy.
7: Junior. Junior, empty the ashes out of the bucket and fill it with ice. I'll put the champagne in it. I want the boss to have everything like he has at home. Oh, this champagne's great stuff. Imported from San Diego.
4: Oh, that must be the killers'.
5: Happy Thanksgiving, folks! Ah, oh, oh, Mr. Mr.
7: Gillis. Come in, come in, Gillis old pal. I hope you bring your appetite. Don't worry, Riley. I'll gorge up my quota of victuals. Hello, <laughs> Mr.
5: Gillis. Hi. Hi. Gillis, you're alone? Oh, no. Honeybee went in through your kitchen. Through the... Oh, ho, ho,
7: naturally. Mmm, <laughs> boy, that turkey smells delicious. Oh, yeah, I smell it, too. That aroma sure has a wonderful odor. Oh, well, I... <laughs> I don't smell
10: any turkey.
7: Well, Peg, where's your nose? Why the air is reeking with it? It certainly is. <laughs> mm, pardon me while I drool. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I better give Honeybee a hand in the kitchen. Oh, oh there's Mr. Stevenson. now, now
7: remember, Gillis, no hinting about the job. Not, Not a way.
6: Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.
4: Oh, hello, Mr. Stevenson. Come on. Hiya, boys. <laughs> Hi
6: there, Chief. Well, Junior, Barbara. Mr. Stevenson, Hello, let Hi. me take your coat. Thank you, Barbara.
7: Here, sit down, boys. Make yourself at home in my chair. <laughs> uh, what Gillis means is make yourself at home in my chair. In my home. <laughs> I, uh, hope I'm not too early, Riley. Uh-huh, no, you're just in time. We were all waiting for you, including the turkey.
4: <laughs>
6: ah, turkey. Just the thought of it makes my mouth water. Riley,
5: give the boys a blotter.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, shall we sit down, Peg? Huh? Yes, dear, I'm all ready. Oh, oh, hello there, everybody.
7: Hello, honeybee.
8: Oh,
4: Mr. Stevenson, charm, simply charm.
6: Pleasure to see you, Mrs. Gillis.
4: Well, shall we sit down, honeybee? Yes, by all means, darling. Well, let's see. You sit here, Mr. Stevenson. Thank you. And, uh, let me see now. Honeybee and Miss yeah, Gillis uh, there. No and
7: Ronnie, you sit there. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Babson, you and your Yeah, okay. here, Mr. Stevenson. Uh, uh, hey, Mr. Stevenson. Uh, uh, hey, Mr. Stevenson, you you do the coffin, huh? Oh, no, no, I couldn't, Riley. Oh, go on. You're good at cutting salaries. Try it on a turkey.
6: <laughs>
7: <laughs> well,
8: <laughs>
7: all right, all right. <laughs>
6: I'm all set Bring on the turkey Okay, bring on the turkey Yep, bring on the turkey
4: All right, honeybee Bring on the turkey Sandy, uh, where is it, Peggy, dear? Why, in the kitchen
10: Where you put it I, I didn't put it anywhere <laughs> Where'd you put it, darling?
7: Something wrong, folks? <laughs> Why, yeah, don't worry, boss We'll track it down Gillis, where's the turkey you brought?
5: Oh, I didn't tell you.
7: I didn't bring any.
5: You you didn't? Well, where's the turkey you had?
7: Oh, uh, well, well, well that's right. I, I didn't tell you. We ain't got it. Oh. You see, we thought you were... Oh,
10: dear. Oh, my.
6: <laughs> well, uh... Now, uh...
7: Well... Jimsy,
5: run down to the delicatessen and see if you can get some turkey. Hurry! Okay, sit
7: tight. Uh, excuse
5: me a minute, folks. Uh... Uh...
4: Riley, uh... Say something.
7: Say, uh... Uh, I read in a magazine once that sardines have got more vitamins than... all. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
8: uh...
6: How's, uh, school coming, junior?
8: Oh, uh, uh,
6: fine, Mr. Stevenson. <laughs> nice weather for Thanksgiving, isn't it? Uh, <clears throat> Wonder how Cornell will make out against Penn. Uh, I, I was thinking of going to see the new play at the Madison tonight, but I hear it's a turkey.
8: <clears throat>
6: <laughs> oh, come now, folks. Just because there's been a little mishap with the turkey doesn't mean we all have to be so glum. Who wants this carving knife?
10: Oh, you, you can't imagine how embarrassed I am, Mr. Stevenson.
6: Well, please don't be. Worst things can happen.
7: Yeah, the, the boss is right. Why, why, if somebody walked in now and saw us sitting here like this, they'd think this was a funeral.
6: Speak
3: for yourself, John. <laughs> Digger, it's you. Yes, it is I. Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. <laughs>
0: That's the first portion of The Life of Riley, more after these words.
6: More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi,
0: this is Carl Amari. These classic radio shows are direct from master recordings and digitally remastered. It's very important to me to offer you the best sound quality. We license these classic radio shows from the owners and estates for the privilege of using their master recordings as our source material so that we can pass that great sound quality on to you. Oh, you can find classic radio shows sold on the Internet from companies that are not authorized to sell them. But you'll often be disappointed by the inferior sound quality if you enjoyed listening to and collecting great, sound-quality classic radio shows, we've set up a website just for you at ClassicRadioStore.com so you can enjoy them anytime, anywhere. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to download your favorites to your smartphone, computer, or any listening device. We offer thousands of digitally remastered classic radio shows, uncut and unedited, including the original commercials, delivered to you instantly via digital download. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com and start collecting all your favorites and brilliant sound quality that's classicradiostore.com and now back to hollywood 360 with carl amari now back to the life of riley
3: you're looking fine very
7: hungry Uh, why didn't you ring the bell bigger i came in through the kitchen You see, I... Uh, This is my boss, Mr. Carl Stevenson. Boss, Digger O'Dell.
3: How do you do? Carl Stevenson. Well, as I live and breathe. If you'll pardon the expression. (laughs) Glad to know you, sir. One of my dearest cronies was your late uncle, Rufus Q. Stevenson. The pawnbroker. Oh, yes,
6: yes. Good old Uncle Rufus.
3: A fine man. He once helped me out of a hole. (laughs) always regretted I couldn't do the same for him.
7: Uh, we uh, we were almost going to have a little Thanksgiving dinner, Digger. Ah, Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday, started
3: by the pilgrims, one of whom was my ancestor, Roger O'Dell. Really? Ah, yes. He started the family profession, the stones throw from Plymouth Rock. Gee, a pilgrim. The very day they landed, they were attacked by a ferocious band of Iroquois. And Roger Odell personally made fifty Indians bite the dust. Uh, w- w- wait a minute, Digger. He killed fifty Indians? No, the others killed them, but Odell made them bite the dust.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: toodaloo.
4: Oh, we'd we ask you to stay for dinner, Mr. Odell. Oh, no,
3: thank you. My family and I were invited at the last minute to be the guests of J.J. J. Gabriel.
7: Oh, yeah, yeah, he's the town's biggest undertaker. Oh, yes, he does a land office business. Uh, you're eating dinner at his place? I have to, for business reasons.
5: Mm.
3: So I brought you over our turkey, all cooked and ready to serve. Digger,
5: you brought us a turkey?
3: Yes, I laid it out in the kitchen.
8: <laughs> oh,
3: Digger, you saved my life. I did? Uh. Well, after all, it's a holiday.
8: Oh, thank you very much, Mr. O'Dell.
3: I really must go. Gabriel is waiting for me outside. That's Gabriel now. And you know me. When Gabriel blows his horn, I come a-running. Well, cheerio. I'd better be shoveling off.
7: You uh, sure saved our life with this turkey, eh? I'm <laughs> the Gillis, Gillis, can't you eat quieter? You sound like a super chief.
6: On oh, my word, Mrs. Riley, I haven't had a meal like this in years.
7: Neither have we.
4: Oh, shoot. <laughs> that's no way to Don't
7: talk. Don't yell at the boy, Dumplin. He only means we can't eat like this every day with the salary I get on the job I got now. Uh, Uh, Have some more of my turkey, boss Hey, Riley, no hinting Mm -hmm.
5: Here, boss, have one of my radishes Uh, No, thank you, really, I... How about a little more pie? Take mine No, take mine I ain't bitten into mine yet
6: (laughs) More coffee, boss? (laughs) Please, boys, not another morsel All I want now is to fall into a soft chair And smoke a good cigar Oh, well, here,
7: smoke a whole box With my love well, g yeah, yeah, will light him with this nifty lighter, right from my heart.
6: Well, boys, this is very nice of you, but you really shouldn't have done it. I—I don't expect any presents. Oh, forget it, boys.
7: <laughs>
4: well, shall we go in the other room? Yeah, let, no, 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 no. Wait,
7: let's—let's uh, let's drink a toast. Good boy. idea. What will we drink to? Uh, let's uh, drink to the health and happiness of the new foreman.
6: Oh, then you know Riley. Well, I sort of guess. You know, too,
5: Gillis? Well, I know what a great executive you are, boss. So there's only one man you could pick. Get ready, honeybee.
6: (laughs)
8: I'm so excited. Well,
6: I'm glad you men like the man of my choice. So here's luck to the new foreman, Joe Beamish. And to Joe Joe Beamish.
5: Beamish. (laughs) Joe Beamish? Joe Beamish?
6: Yes, Joe Beamish. Fine fellow. Oh, Gillis, hand me that ashtray, please. Get it yourself. don't <laughs> <laughs> be rude. Uh,
7: something wrong? Well, Riley, what's the matter? What's the matter? Making Joe Beamish for me. After all we did for you, some gratitude. What
5: Riley's saying I'm in Dawson and spades you.
8: <laughs>
7: now, wait. When there. you opened up the plant and you couldn't get no help, who gave up a good job to go and work for you? We did. But where was Joe Beamish? Go on, Riley. Give it to him good. Right in front of me. But Riley. And during the war, we could have gotten better jobs for more pay, but we stuck with you. And where was Joe Beamish then? He was flying a plane over Germany. Germany. That's a fine place to be with a war going on. <laughs> oh. Oh,
8: oh,
7: oh, that Joe Beamish. The one who was wounded?
6: Yes. He's out of the hospital now. And he uses that artificial leg just fine. Besides that, he has seniority and he's a fine worker.
7: You couldn't have picked a better man, boss.
5: I'm sorry if I've disappointed you fellows. Oh, you didn't, Mr.
7: Stevenson. What Riley says, I agree with him. Honest, I, I ain't disappointed either. Joe Beamish deserves the job.
4: That's the way to talk, dear. I don't mind if you're not, foreman. Oh,
7: sure. Why should you mind, Dumplin'? After all, you've got plenty to be thankful for, as it is. You're still young and good looking, you got a son who's handsome, you got a daughter who's gorgeous, and you got a husband who... who if there's any more turkey left, I'll have to watch him or call him. <laughs>
4: It ended up a nice dinner after all, didn't it, honeybee? Oh, simply scrumptious. And
7: even if we ain't foremen, we're still friends. Hey, Riley? Through thick and thin. Yes, sir, Gillison. Believe me, they don't come any thicker than
2: us. (laughs) (laughs) Buckland Gamble invites you to join us again next week to hear the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. William Bendix can currently be seen in the Paramount Picture where there's life. The script is by Ruben Shipp and Alan Lipscott. Mrs. Riley's Paula Winslow. Digger O'Dell is John Brown. The Life of Riley is produced and directed by Irving Brecker. This is Ken Carpenter reminding you that for radiantly clean, lovely hair, get the shampoo in the tube. P-R-E-L-L, Prell Shampoo. And listen again next week when Prell brings you The Life of Riley. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
0: And that's a Thanksgiving episode of The Life of Riley from November 29, 1947, starring William Bendix, also in the cast, John Brown and Paula Winslow, with Ken Carpenter announcing for Prell and Ivory Snow, two products that Lisa uses, right? Well, I like to keep clean. <laughs> <laughs> As heard on NBC. All right, it's time now for Father Knows Best, primarily remembered. As a television series, but it started on radio, and Robert Young starred as Jim Anderson, uh, the lead character in Father Knows Best. This is a Thanksgiving show from November 23rd, 1950. Here's part one of Father Knows Best.
4: Mother,
10: is Maxwell House the best coffee in the whole world? Well, your father says so, and your father knows best.
9: Yes, it's Father Knows Best, transcribed in Hollywood, starring Robert Young as father. A half-hour visit with your neighbors, the Andersons, brought to you by Maxwell House, America's favorite brand of coffee. Look for that familiar blue Maxwell House tin, featured in stores everywhere at lower prices, the lowest prices in months. Enjoy coffee that's always good to the last drop. Keep high the board with plentious cheer, and gather to the feast, and toast the sturdy pilgrim band whose courage never ceased. You know, the pilgrims started the custom of Thanksgiving, but there are others whose trials and tribulations on an average Thanksgiving day bear inspection and a certain amount of sympathy. Take, for example, the Andersons who live in Springfield in a white frame house on Maple Street. They count their blessings and give their thanks. But with three children in the house, even a simple rite like Thanksgiving can be a pretty complicated affair. Like this.
10: Mother! We're in the den, Betty. Is it all right if I borrow your earrings?
1: Betty! If you have anything to ask your mother, come down here and ask her.
4: Jumping creepers.
1: Sounds like she was reared in a barn. Stands up there screaming her head off.
10: Jim. Hmm? Kathy is waiting to read her poem.
1: Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Kathy. Go ahead.
10: Yes, Daddy. Go ahead, dear.
1: Well, now what are you waiting for?
4: I have to be introduced.
1: (laughs) Pardon me. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the competition in the fourth grade, Miss Kathleen Anderson. Is that better?
4: Now you have to applaud.
1: Okay, we applaud.
10: Thank you.
1: What a ham. (laughs) Has to get her applause before she reads the poem. Jim. Doesn't want to take any chances.
10: All right, dear, anytime you're ready.
4: Yes, Mommy. Thanksgiving Day by Kathleen Joy Anderson, fourth grade. Thanksgiving is a lucky day.
1: Uh, but wait a minute. What was that name? The name? Your name. Say it again.
4: Kathleen Joy Anderson?
1: Where did the joy come from? Your name is Kathleen Louise Anderson.
10: But I don't like Louise. You what? Jim, Kathy and I talked it all over. My
1: mother's name is Louise, and if it's good enough for my mother, it's good enough for her.
10: It's only a middle name, dear, and if she doesn't like it. Why
1: shouldn't she like it? What's wrong with it?
10: Nothing, Jim. But it's her name.
1: You're darn right. It's her name. She's not going to change it. <laughs> now go ahead.
10: Mommy, go ahead, dear.
4: She was.
1: My grandmother and her mother were named Louise. <laughs> There's no reason why she should want to change it. Well. What? Read the poem.
4: Yes, Daddy Thanksgiving Day By Kathleen
10: Louise Anderson
1: That's more like it
10: Fourth grade
1: That's much better
10: Jim, please
1: All right, Kathy Go ahead
4: Thanksgiving is a lucky day for all the girls and boys. It isn't just like Christmas when your parents give you toys. It isn't even like Easter when you get an Easter bunny. Or even like your birthday when your uncle sends you money. What?
1: Jim? <laughs> when did her uncle ever send her money?
10: <laughs> or
1: anything else? Kathy... She's nine years old, he's never sent her a button. <laughs> Gives her money. He's so tight, he can't even sit down.
10: <laughs> Jim Anderson, I know you don't like him, but he's been very good to my sister, and if Kathy needs him for her poems...
1: Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and your brother-in-law. <laughs> Boy, is that a combination.
10: Go ahead, Kathleen. Yes, Mommy.
4: Thanksgiving Day by Kathleen... Uh, f-
1: not from the beginning, Kathy. Start where you left off.
4: I don't remember where I was.
1: Your uncle was giving you money. Oh. That's something we can all remember.
10: Yes, Daddy.
1: This isn't a poem. It's a fairy tale.
10: Jim, if you say one more word... I'm sorry.
1: Go ahead, Kathy.
4: Is it all right if I start up near Christmas?
1: Start anywhere you like, but start.
4: Okay, Thanksgiving Day by Kathleen... Oh, dear. Thanksgiving is a lucky day for all the girls and boys. It isn't just like Christmas when your parents give you toys. It isn't even like Easter when you get an Easter bunny. Or even like your birthday when your uncle gives you money.
1: I didn't say a word.
10: Go ahead, dear.
4: It isn't like the 4th of July or Decoration Day or
10: Summer Vacation or Halloween.
1: Kathy, when are you going to stop telling us what it isn't like and tell us what it is like?
10: How can she when you keep interrupting? We're
1: well, supposed to be a poem about Thanksgiving, isn't it? And what has she said? It isn't like Christmas. It isn't like the 4th of July. Who said it was?
10: (laughs) Jim, the poem has already won the contest. We're just supposed to listen. But as long as... We're just supposed to listen. Go ahead, dear. You mean from the beginning?
4: No, no. no.
1: (laughs) Start after that funny part where your uncle gives you money.
4: Okay. It isn't like the Fourth of July or Decoration Day or Summer Vacation or Halloween or... When all the kids can play. No! Oh! oh. Good grief. Oh.
1: Scare a man half out of his wits?
10: Mother, is it all right if I borrow your earrings? Look what you've done. Ash is all over the floor. Well,
1: I'll clean it up, Margaret. Don't worry about it.
10: What happened?
1: Nothing happened. I knocked over the ashtray, that's all. Go ahead, Kathy.
4: Thanksgiving is a different day. Excuse me, Kathy, I have to speak to Mother.
1: Let her finish the poem, Betty.
4: Father, I told Jamie Liggett I'd be there early. She's counting on me. You don't have to read a poem over the radio. Oh, no. You mean she's going to read that horrible thing in public? Thanksgiving is a lucky day. I didn't see you winning any free turkey dinner. I didn't have to. The Liggetts are going to have three turkeys.
1: Wait a minute. The way you kids talk, you'd think we'd never had a turkey in this house. (laughs) Jim. I've got a good mind to keep you all home.
10: Father. Jim, it isn't a question of turkey. Kathy's principal told you.
1: Why couldn't they have their dinner some other day?
10: But Thanksgiving dinner was the prize, dear. For all eight grades, it's become a major event.
1: And the Liggetts. If somebody looks cross-eyed, Jenny Liggett has a party.
10: Father, you said...
1: I know what I said. And it'll be a relief to get you all out of the house. Your mother won't have to spend all day cooking at dinner. You'll wolf down in 20 minutes. Jim. We'll have a little peace around here. Even if it is Thanksgiving.
4: Thanksgiving is a different day, the day I like the best. Kathy, I haven't
10: asked about the earrings. Which earrings, Betty? The ones with the rhinestones. Oh, dear, those are much too old for you. Oh,
4: no, they aren't, Mother. Really, they aren't. Thanksgiving is a
10: different day.
1: Uh, Just a minute, Kathy. Betty, if your mother says they're too
10: old for you... But they aren't, Father. I tried them on. Don't you think something less formal would be more suitable? But, Mother... After all, rhinestones in the afternoon... Not good, huh? Not good at all. How about the little pearl one? Oh, much better. May I? (laughs) Of course, dear.
4: Oh, thank you, Mother. You're an angel.
10: Go ahead, Kathy.
1: Maybe I ought to get the vacuum cleaner. The whole rug's a mess.
10: Just leave it, Jim. I'll clean it later. It'll only take
1: me a second. Jim.
10: All right, Kathy.
4: Now?
1: (laughs) Yes. Get it over with, please.
4: Thanksgiving is a different day, the day I like the best. It's even better than Sunday, which is called the day of rest. Thanksgiving is my favorite day. So long, everybody. Oh, goodbye, dear. Now have a nice time. Bud,
5: what are you
1: doing with my suitcase?
4: What? Thanksgiving is my favorite day. Come in here and bring the suitcase. Gosh, I'm not
5: going to
1: hurt it, Dad. Did anybody say you could borrow my suitcase? No, Dad. why are you
5: taking it? Well, I have to carry them in something. Carry what? The football letters. They're going to give them out at the dinner. And the coach said... Put it
1: back where you got it.
5: But the coach said I could eat with the team... I
1: of... said put it back.
10: Holy cow.
4: <laughs> Thanksgiving is my favorite day. <laughs>
10: Jim, he isn't going to hurt anything.
1: That's not the point. He has no right to take things without asking for them.
5: But you were busy, Dad. I tried to ask you this morning, remember? I said, Dad, and you said you thought it was going to be wonderful for you and Mom to have Thanksgiving dinner in a restaurant for a change. And I said, Dad, and you said you thought everybody made too much of a fuss about Thanksgiving anyway. And I said, Dad, and you said... But... "Hmm?"
1: (laughs) Take the suitcase.
9: (laughs) Oh, boy.
1: And next time, ask for
9: it. I tried to, Dad. I say... Bud.
4: <laughs>
9: okay, Dad.
4: Goodbye now. Oh, is Billy here, dear? He's parked out front. Well, have a good time. Don't
1: eat too much turkey.
4: I won't. See you later. Goodbye, dear. Goodbye, baby. Bye. Thanksgiving is my favorite day. <laughs> 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 but
1: okay. Bud, are you driving downtown with Joe Phillips? Yes, Dad. Why don't you drop Kathy off at the school? Okay. Come on, Kathy.
4: I haven't finished my poem. <laughs>
1: Well, why haven't you? I haven't heard anything else for the past hour.
4: I tried to read it, and first you said that Uncle Richard... Come on,
1: Kathy, will you? I'm late.
4: Nobody ever lets me do anything just because I'm the
10: littlest one in the family. Kathy, read the poem. Everybody thinks they can pick on me. Kathy, Thanksgiving is my favorite day, dear. That's where you left off. And they don't have any right
4: to... Thanksgiving is my favorite day, though the skies are gray and murky. Because that's the day when I get to eat the drumstick of a turkey. Well? That's the end.
10: Some porn. But... It's a very lovely poem, Kathy. Thank you, Mommy.
1: You mean that won the competition? Jim. Well, uh, I'm not surprised. It's uh, very good. A little uh, sentimental, perhaps, but
4: very good. Thank you, Daddy. Get your coat, Kathy, and let's go. Mr. Bryant said he'd bring me home, Mommy. That's fine, dear. And don't forget to listen to the broadcast. We
1: won't, and behave yourself. Come on, will ya?
4: Well, stop pulling me. Why do you always have to pull me?
9: Thanks for the suitcase, Dad. That's
1: all right. Have a nice time, bud. You too, Kathy.
10: Bye. Be a good girl,
9: Kathleen.
10: I will. Goodbye, dear.
0: That's the first portion of Father Knows Best, a good Thanksgiving show starring Robert Young from 1950. We'll have more of Hollywood 360 after these
6: words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360.
0: Next time, it's the conclusion to Father Knows Best. Then, it's a tale of suspense that you won't want to miss. A good story called The Screaming Woman. It's a Thanksgiving show starring Margaret O'Brien, and it was written by Ray Bradbury. You're going to love it. That's next time here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.